Hey everyone, welcome to the Age Thoughtfully podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Kennerson. Today we're talking about creativity and creativity really being curiosity. I'm so, so excited and honored to have the artist Susan Maddox on the pod today. I actually was had the pleasure and opportunity to go visit Susan in her studio in person and oh my gosh her pieces are just amazing her use of color and movement oh so good so if you ever do have a chance to see her work in person do it do it do it and in the meantime please check out her Instagram because you'll definitely get a sense Okay, so more about Susan. Susan is a Los Angeles-based artist whose work combines painting and sculpture into unique forms evocative of the colors and warmth of her native Hawaii and influenced by the arts of Asia and the Pacific. She was born on the island of Oahu in Hawaii to a Hapa Japanese-American family where she absorbed the influence of Japanese folk art traditions and Buddhist temples as well as the arts as well as the arts of Polynesia. With a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Painting from the San Francisco Art Institute, she has had numerous group and solo shows in San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, and Honolulu. After years in New York painting in her studio in Brooklyn and designing textiles for major fashion houses, she relocated to Los Angeles in 2013. Susan brings her early experiences in the lush valleys of Hawaii and 30 years of education and experience as an artist and designer to these painted sculptural works. Each piece is made of individual acrylic paintings on canvas folded to conceal, reveal, and transform the materials. Oh, and it does. They're amazing. So, um, yeah, we talk about so many things. We talk about creativity as curiosity. We talk about flow, mindset, um, what art means to our culture, how we're remembering things that we have forgotten. It's a fantastic conversation. We cover a lot, but I think it's all pretty compelling. So without further ado, I give you the lovely, the talented Susan Maddox. Also, I surprise Susan by asking her what she thinks of the name Age Thoughtfully, and this is something I would love your opinion on as well. I think some people like the name, and some people find the idea of aging mm, offensive. (laughs) They don't like it. Uh, Maybe they think of aging as decay. My whole trip, my jam, is to change how we think about aging but you know, I love you audience and I really want to know what you think of this. So what do you think, what do you think of the name Age Thoughtfully? And you can email me at mkennerson at gmail.com. Let's hear what Susan thinks. Okay, here we go. If you enjoy the Age Thoughtfully programming, you will love my one-on-one individualized coaching program. You are a gorgeous, living, breathing human being with a desire for something better. You are a miracle. Every effort you make to feel better has a powerful feedback loop. Your body wants to feel better. Your brain wants to stay flexible. That spark of desire you have is your being whispering its deep desire. The fact that you can even have this desire to be better, to have more, means it is meant for you. How can I help? I will listen to you and meet you where you are. Wherever you are is the perfect place to start. We'll go over my aging model, brain, body, purpose, creativity, community, pleasure, and identify where you need to grow to feel your absolute best. I will partner with you as you start this new journey. Don't be afraid. Be excited. Every effort you make is going to give back tenfold. 
If you're tired of feeling confused about where you are going in life, sick of not making time to create the thing, bleak, insecure, and uncomfortable in your body, book a discovery call with me. I'm here to help and I'm so excited to meet you. Go to my website, agethoughtfully.com and book a free 45 minute discovery call. If you feel compelled, just do it. Don't overthink it. Something I have finally learned myself. Can't wait to meet you. Hello, Susan. Hi, how are you? I am great. Welcome to Age Thoughtfully. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm so excited about this. You know, I'm actually going to surprise you because I've been thinking about the name Age Thoughtfully and Mm -hmm. you're going to be my first person outside of my family. Does that seem like old people to you? Did that attract you? Did that repel you, the idea of aging thoughtfully? I'm really glad to hear that you're reconsidering the name. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Because I am. Yes, when I looked at what you were doing, I, I really, I really loved it, and I love what I love everything about it. But yeah, the name just didn't seem quite right to me. So I, I will admit that I'm, I'm delighted to hear that. Okay, that's it's so interesting. Um, someone brought that up to my attention. My stepmom mm-hmm. actually. Let's let's give credit. Okay. And I was like, huh, because that has been my experience. I'm noticing people are like, oh, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. That's for way older people. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm trying to reach people who are between sort of like 35 and 60. And, mm-hmm. you know, okay. Thank you for that. So sure. back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you do. Uh, well, I, I am a painter and I, I live in Los Angeles and I make, um, well, my project at this point is basically exploring different forms a painting can take. I would oh my say. God, That's hang pretty... on. Mm-hmm. No, we're good. We're good. Sorry. That's good. We're good. Keep going. So okay. I might just say that again. <laughs> Please say it again. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm an artist and what I'm concentrating on right now is exploring different forms a painting can take. So um, after, you know, working for 30 years painting on canvas or paper or what have you, um, I started taking the canvas off the stretchers. Um, So painting it and then taking it off the stretchers or painting it unstretched. And then I started cutting it up and folding it and uh, sewing it, gluing it, reconfiguring it. And it sort of opened up this entire world for me. Um, and I, I I was just thinking about this the other day that I, I think I'm actually more of a sculptor than a painter, but I was sort of painting for a long time. Um, and so when I, when I got into um, a mode that was a little bit more tactile and more um, three-dimensional, it really started to click for me. And I, I think um, I was... I was looking for a way to say something new. That's what I thought I was doing. But actually what I was looking for was a way to really connect with what I was doing. And when I was able to connect, then other people were really able to connect. And so it felt somehow my work started to feel very open. I saw a lot of possibilities. And um, and so that's what I've been working with for the last uh, 10 years, really, um, is this exploration and so it was about 10 years that you came off the the stretched canvas Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know it reminds me of so my current manuscript is about 
a woman who's a window dresser in 1948. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of artists like Elaine de Kooning and Grace Hardigan in the book. And it reminds me of when they go to Jackson Pollock's studio and they see him pouring. Mm-hmm. And mostly for, um, oh God, Helen, last name, escaping right now. Frankenthaler, especially for her, uh-huh. Uh-huh. how that opened her up to get rid of the brushes and start pouring, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Was just. Um, yeah. I mean, yes, it's, it's certainly, you, there are artists who have done things like that. And it's like that idea of like breaking convention, breaking, you know, what you're supposed to do that suddenly takes you into a realm where you have all this freedom. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, that's what I do. And mostly, you know, and all of my pieces are folded. That's something I've really uh, enjoyed exploring. Um, but I'm going back to uh, the cutting and gluing and sewing things too. So I'm kind of all over and the place right now. <laughs> I love it. And how is it having this this love of yours, art, at the center of your world and also how you make money? Is it sort of a blessing and a curse? Well, you know, I lived in New York for 17 years from the 90s through to um, 2012. And <clears throat> when I first moved there, all I, I got out of art school, then I was painting and living in the country. And then I went to New York and all of a sudden I needed to make money <laughs> and I needed to support myself. And so I really kind of focused on that for a few years. And I went into web design and <clears throat> I wasn't really painting much during that time. And I found my life to be really flat, honestly, without a studio practice and without doing the work that I had been so immersed in after school, during school and after. And so as soon as I could, I made sure to get a studio and then I started protecting that time and that practice. And, you know, what I said in order to protect it was, I'm not going to put any pressure on this. You know, this is just going to be this special place that's just mine <laughs> where I can do this. This is my world, you know, and it was very stressful living in New York and I was working as a designer. So I was doing, you know, paid design work all the time. And it was a place for me just to be sort of like me, you know, and I never wanted to put pressure on that to make money. And that was fine. Um, and that was kind of, you know, seeing how other artists were doing, how difficult it was in New York is so competitive. I mean, there are thousands of artists, you know, who all are willing to try like that much harder than you are to do. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, whoa, I don't know, man. You know, um, it was it was interesting. And I was always in the art scene, always going to galleries, always going to openings. All my friends are artists. And um, and that was great. You know, it was a huge part of my life, but I also had a job, you know, I worked as a textile designer after I left web design and did that for many years. And, you know, I got paid very well. I did work that I liked and that's, that seemed to all kind of work, you know? Um, I, it, it was only actually a couple of years ago that I started doing art full time, uh, the whole story, <laughs> well, the whole story of how I got there, though, um, is... Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> right, let's do it. Um, when I moved to L.A., I was married. My son was about four, and um, I got divorced uh, within about a couple of years. And so by 2014, you know, I 
was, uh, you know, a single mom in LA, no job, uh, not a lot of support. And, you know, basically, I just wanted to reinvent myself at that point. <laughs> you know, yeah. I had gotten married to try to get some stability into my life to have a family and that stability and it had ended up, you know, in the end, completely destabilizing every aspect of my life. And I, I just, you know, and having a, a small child, I was like, oh, my God, and I need stability. And I just didn't want to live this, like, crazy life of instability anymore. So anyway, I, I went back into web design, and I did that for a while. And after a couple of years of that, I, I kind of went back to school, and then you know, you, what did you study? Jobs. I studied UX design. Um, wow, so you really were departing from well, artists. You know, I had, yeah, I mean, I had done web design before. Honestly, I hated it. But I thought, well, maybe UX design will be different. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know about that. Um, so I don't know about UX design, but I know about thinking like, well, I've done this. So let me and it, it sort of works. Let me dive into it and, right. and not not align with myself at all. <laughs> I thought I could do it because it really was aligned with the skills that I had. For one thing, you know, the jobs that I thought I was going to get were different than the jobs that I actually got. And they basically just wanted someone to design websites. And, and I just, you know, I found that incredibly boring. And mm -hmm. I tried. And after another project went really, really, really badly at the end of 2018, I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just not doing it. It was just not for me. And um, yeah, and that whole that whole process, you know, I remember thinking at one point after I got divorced, I was kind of working and I was like, <laughs> you know, I had read all these books like, you know, about the dark night of the soul and transformation. And, and I was thinking like, well, did I learn enough? You know, I like more or less feel like the same person still. And that was before I had to give up on this job transition. Wait, so tell me, um, what were you wondering if you'd if you'd hit your rock bottom or, <laughs> yeah, or if you yeah, yeah, I was like, well, this is this, is this the place? Is this the dark night? Is that sort of what you were wondering? Well, the, well, my divorce was definitely a yeah. very hard thing for me, right? And and then when I kind of got back on my feet and I was kind of working, I was like, well, was that it? Like, was that the <laughs> Is this the phoenix However, rising from the ashes? It doesn't feel like it. Right. So then, but then when the work thing didn't work out, you know, then I really hit bottom. And, but it felt more like I jumped off a cliff. I was like, I got no more ideas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like trying to fix my problems with, you know, planning things out and being like, okay, these are the practical things that I should do to fix this, you know, get a job. And, and like, when that just really didn't work, then I was in it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, also, a, that's a scary yeah. place. It can be, I mean, there's a lot of potential there, but that is a scary place. Like, how do I do this now? I tried to do the good, good, good thing. I tried to be practical. It didn't work. Right. Exactly. What do I do now? Exactly. And I was exhausted because, you know, I had been going through this process for four years at that point, you know, and yeah, that's what it took to break me. It, and it just it did. It just broke me. <laughs> what did what did a broken Susan look like? Well, I mean, like very quickly, I just I, I was like, OK, well, very depressed now. I had no idea what to do. Terribly worried about everything. And I did. 
I started looking, I actually, my, <laughs> this is how I had like a spiritual awakening. You know, I started meditating. I found a coach. I started painting again and it wasn't so simple as all of that. Like I, I think I started painting. I was like, okay, I'm going to try to do something every day that makes me happy, you know? So I, and a lot of times that would be uh, drawing or painting. Right. And I was like, Oh, drawing or painting. Yeah, that's right. This is good. And then I started doing more of that. And I, I set up a table outside in the yard and, you know, and then I, I kind of started really getting into it. And, you know, that's, that's when I amazingly found the coach I started working with. And honestly, things like really just kind of started rolling from there. I'm um, sort of curious what kind of coach you worked with and how they helped you. Well, I still work with her, actually. Um, she's a coach for creative women. And yeah, it was somebody who um, I've learned how to think about what I do very, very differently. And it was this was how I even came to consider doing art full time, right? I never thought that that was even really a possibility for me, that I would never, all my life told, you will never make money at this. Just forget it. From when I was in high school, you know, um, don't be an artist. You'll always be broke. You'll never make money all, all the time, you know. And if mine's, and I was told the same thing as a writer. Um, and if mindset matters, imagine that. We're, we're just, know. that's like our steady <laughs> diet that we have to unpeel, right? And step out of. Right. I mean, and honestly, the pandemic was kind of a relief because I didn't have to deal with people saying to me like, yeah, but what do you do for money? Like literally, like to my face all the time and meaning very well, you know, like, you know, like I care about you, like, yeah, yeah, but (laughs) yeah, and um, so having that support and then finding a group of people and um, really starting to learn so much about how to take care of myself, about mindset, about, you know, what is actually possible and how much of these things... I was just going to stop you real quick. Tell us about the mindset because I think that'll be so inspiring to listeners. Like, what was your mindset shift like? I know it probably took a little while, but oh yeah, no. I mean, I still, you know, I still, <laughs> I still struggle with it, right? I mean, that's that's kind of a never-ending thing. Seeing, um, well, I mean, that's the biggest one, right? Like, you can never make money as an artist. Um, huge. And once you start taking it apart and looking at it, oh, actually, a lot of people make money as an artist, you know, and then there's another recently, I've been really going through the shift of um, um, saying no to things that don't align with you, you know, and then there's money stuff too, you know, and, and, you know, money mindset is just its own, its own thing, you know, Um, mindset around scarcity and money scarcity and abundance and you know it all ties into um your energy and um how you think about things how you speak about things and how you show up in the world and so yeah the last the last year has really been for me about that whole thing about how I show up in the world, you know, like, who am I? How do I speak about myself and my work? And um, I think it's really, I have to say, for me, it's it's kind of like perfect, because I've always been a, like a seeker, you know, and doing something where I can have fun with what feels kind of like magic. <laughs> and um, 
yeah, like the, the manifesting and the thought work. And yeah, that uh-huh. feels, it does yeah. feel a little bit like magic, doesn't it? It does. Like this kind of like, like you're casting spells. Yeah, a little bit. And when you <laughs> see things like actually happening, like amazing things happening, it's pretty cool. And I just think like, well, why wouldn't you want to do that? You know, and the only reason yeah. that I could never get into that before is because I thought I knew better, you know? And so it really took that experience of kind of like losing everything, you know, to um, get me into like just a very different headspace where I was open, open to new ideas, like really open to new ideas because. So, yeah, this is what you were looking for. This is right. This is coming right. out of the dark night. And here's this, the Phoenix. Exactly. This was the transformation, which I was promised. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and I think it's extraordinary that you're making money at your art and so wonderful. And yes. Yeah, it's really great. And um, yeah, and it's like really interesting to me. And it's really fun to share with other people that this is like how powerful these things are. And I don't know, it's just been really incredible for me. So it's the whole, it's the whole thing. It's the whole experience, you know, of, of like <clears throat> being able to do my work full time, of course, is amazing. And then, you know, realizing that I can do the kind of work that I want to, you know, I can have the kinds of projects that are interesting. In fact, people are inviting me to do things that I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and um like what? Can you give us an example? Mm, well, yeah. Um, recently, um, a doctor who was an oncologist contacted me um, and wanted to speak about doing a project around healing, like the healing process. Um, he saw in my work uh, potential, like he really liked how um, – how sort of visceral, how it sort of elicited a visceral response and it, because it was, you know, fabric and warm and material and how, how that could work um, as part of this art collection that he has um, in this beautiful facility um, for people who are healing from cancer. And just the, like, I had kind of thought about my work in this way, but it, it sort of from the side and I, and like to look directly at this potential, I was like, Oh my goodness, that's so powerful. And wow. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And you the energy, I mean? like it's like the energy you're creating with is coming through. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it's, I love that. So what, how would you sort of define creativity? <sighs> how would I define Well, I think creativity is something that you know, we all have as, as humans. I mean, I think we're all, we are generative, right? We're not just consumers. We are all creative. And um, I think creativity can be in any aspect of your life. I mean, we (laughs) honestly create this reality. So I don't know. I mean, what is creativity? It is, it is sort of the essence of, of what we do as humans. Yeah. I put it as one of my tenants as, you know, um, aging well, because I, for me, when I create and I happen to create artistically, Mm -hmm. um, I was going to qualify that, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I do like when I think of, um, when I'm writing and I'm really in the mode or doing art for me, Mm -hmm. even if I'm not doing it 
It's never, no one's ever going to see it. I'm just splashing things on the page. It opens up a different part of me, the energy, the flow. Mm-hmm. So I, I want people to experience that however they can do it. Mm-hmm. And But people really get intimidated by the word creativity, I think. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, anytime I think you can get into that flow state is good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess the question is, you know, how do you get there? And I was thinking about this, like, I think people can get into flow in lots of different ways, obviously. Um, A lot of times it seems to be mediated by some kind of materials, you know, something that you connect with, whether it's, you know, moving around stones or flowers, or, you know, I think people get into flow working in the garden, um, working with plants and as well as doing, you know, things like drawing and writing. But um, I think it's just kind of a matter of like finding that, that thing that you can kind of get in tune with, right? Like, what is that connection for you? I would think it would really be the only, the only like barrier, you know, it's like, fine, like, what is it? (laughs) And I think that's a really interesting point that maybe creativity is the wrong word. Maybe flow Mm. Maybe that's right because I think that creativity people has connotations of art, mm-hmm. or uh, so maybe flow. You and me right here. Yeah, <laughs> that's the difference in languaging it, mm-hmm. so people can experience it. Yes, um, I, I definitely think that. Yeah, I think flow is a little less intimidating for people, and probably everyone has felt it at some point. You know, um, I mean, I, I try to get there as often as possible. <laughs> You like do. I, I love it. Yeah. I'm there. <laughs> yeah. And I think you have to diversify your flow. For me, I do. Because when I'm mm-hmm. drafting a manuscript, mm-hmm. there are moments of flow, but there are also moments of just that sort of discipline and coming back to it every day. Sure. And, and yeah. then, so I've also have to do some art and I also have to do some dance and mm-hmm. exercise and mm-hmm. get into, do you diversify your flow, you think? Or is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I love to cook and sometimes that's a thing. Or also love to dance. I do, you know, do Zumba. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love and I run, you know, and, and that, I mean, I think running for me was, uh, I don't run as much now, but really very deep in that headspace of flow. Um, I mean, you know, running exercise like that. I actually never could really understand how people actually create anything without that because it would stimulate me creatively so much that I would feel like all of a sudden, like, you know, my brain is is like working in five dimensions, you know? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. wow, without that, that stimulation, like, how do people even do it? Like, how do you do complex things? Because I really just got into such a different headspace and it was so valuable. Uh. I love writing. That is so cool. Like, I feel that way about dancing to really good music. Mm -hmm. After that, then let me sit down and work. Uh, So many times we're just sitting down cold to create. Yeah, I know. I know. And I've actually been trying to do that too. Like, make sure that I I work out and like, you know, get my heart rate up so that I'm like in a really high vibe state when I go into the studio. Sometimes I just like to schlarf in there too, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know what? That's true. So, like, I think yesterday I in pajamas hit the manuscript and it was wonderful. So, yeah, yeah exactly. You're right. <laughs> just do it, you know? Yeah, just do it. 
I'm curious as a as a working artist right now with sort of these crazy times, what mm-hmm. do you think art's role is right now? Or do you not even put that sort of pressure on it? Well, I think art's role is the same as always. I mean, I think actually I think right now I'm I'm seeing art as having a very important role because of like, I feel like this is an interesting time because I feel like we're remembering a lot of things that we've forgotten for one thing. I wasn't really going to talk about that, but I think that that's really interesting. And I'm really seeing that like this sort of reconnecting and like remembering like sort of post industrial revolution and, and sort of post patriarchy. Um, a lot of things are, really coming to the forefront now, which I, I feel like we knew and have forgotten. And I mean, I think one great thing about art, of course, is that it gives you different perspectives. And as we are starting to really, you know, see more diverse perspectives really being sort of put into the forefront, I think that's so valuable. Um, for us as a people to realize this is not just a male white world. This is actually a world seen by many people and many different things are seen. So uh, I think that that's really important. And in a way I feel like art is an equalizing force in a way, like many different people can, can look at and relate to something that's from a perspective that is very different from their own. Um, and I feel like that's sort of like a unifying and educating. And I, I, I don't know, it, it feels really, it feels great to be seeing more perspectives really respected in this, this particular time. So yeah, everybody wins with that. Mm-hmm, exactly. Right? Tell me about this things we've forgotten and re-remembering. I, like, more, <laughs> tell me more about that. Well, um. Even like even like spirituality or connection, um, I feel like probably you know be way back people were really much more connected to nature. They were more connected. They felt less separate. They and I feel like we're kind of we're having to remember that. Like we've sort of been packaged, you know, and and compartmentalized, and and so sort of like remembering that's not necessarily how, how it needs to be, that that is only one perspective. And I, and I feel like those things, like I see a lot of that sort of breaking down. And that's kind of what I'm thinking of, really, you know, like our connection with nature. And I think I even see it with uh, body types that are popular right now. Like mm-hmm. for so long, it was this like, I don't know, this like slim hipped, Mm-hmm. whatever and it's so cool to be seeing different body shapes different mm-hmm. like people are putting images out there that it's like oh wow <laughs> we don't all have to fit into this and i think that goes for art and writing and everything yeah i agree i agree i feel like there's a great sort of diversification happening and um yeah and and remembering about you know our connection to food sources even you know and like Mm -hmm. you know the industrialization of the the whole food industry and then people kind of going back to nature and back to growing things and connecting with that and I don't know there's a I think there's a big impulse to do that and I think the pandemic as well sort of like you know people were at home making their own food you know and they were you know at home (laughs) and with their families for better or worse and you know 
it's just such a different way of doing things. And even to see that there's a different way of doing things, I think, is part of that. Yeah, really. absolutely. Oh, I mean, for, for those of us who did not get sick or lose loved ones or, you know, who survived it, it um, a, lot of, a lot of interesting good things came from it. Mm-hmm. I know uh, my husband had a, a really long, tough commute. Mm-hmm. And a year with that, without that and yeah. having him home and, you know, during breaks, my son and my husband go play basketball. It's like, oh, th- is this even a possibility? <laughs> this is magic. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. It's not always magic, by the way, but most times <laughs> there's some magic. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, of course, of course. But it's, it's uh, yeah, it's like things we did not even consider possible. And I yeah. think that that's really interesting. You know, everyone said there's, if you had said, we're going to shut the world down, people would have said, no way. Of course, you know, there's no way that could happen. And um, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where does your inspiration stem from? It sounds like from some flow states and things like that. But tell me about your. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think. For a long time now, I've I've sort of cited like growing up in Hawaii is a lot of inspiration for me, and like Ooh. yeah, <laughs> I like <laughs> being you know like just running around in the jungle and you know being out in at the beach and nature all the time, and um, you know nature there it's just all about that. It's so vibrant, and um, and I think that. Yeah, I'm I'm really inspired by natural forms and um, also sort of like related to that memory and place, you know, and I think those things play a big part in inspiring what I do as well, Um, sort of connecting with like a feeling and a memory and working from there. And, you know, and a lot of it sort of, I might start somewhere and then sort of work spontaneously. And I don't know. I mean, I I feel like I was thinking about that, like inspiration. I mean, I feel I could get inspiration from looking at other artists work. I could get inspiration from, you know, nature or I kind of get inspirational. I like when I need to get inspired. Honestly, I take a walk around my neighborhood. I, you know, I live in LA and I look at people's gardens (laughs) and I, you know, just to see the shapes and the forms and, you know, it just, I don't know. I, I guess I get inspired by everything around me, honestly. When you were a kid, did you have a natural proclivity towards art? Would you have been kid? I'm putting qu- quotes. Were you good at art? That Those are in air quotes, everybody. But uh, pro- Well, when I was really little, I used to um, make, I used to love to just sit on the yard and like make things out of like leaves and sticks and like weave little baskets out of grass. And, you know, um, my uncle used to say, call, you know, Say like, well, how how are your religious objects? Oh, I love <laughs> it. Find things, and you know, and so when I think about, you know, was I artistically inclined? Like, I was in flow. I was there, you know, and I was like working with my hands, like adding things. Like, I was I was completely absorbed by this, and so I wasn't really that great at drawing, honestly. Although I did like to draw and make things but I would say that was probably with I never considered that art but when I think back on it and like like I was saying when I was thinking about about 
sculpture versus painting, you know, like the way that I connect with my work now, it all goes back to that. It goes back to sitting in the grass. I'm like weaving little things out of, <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Like connection with materials, just intuitively working with what's there and having no question about what to, there was never a question, you know, like I always knew what to do. So, um, yeah. And I've had to really work, you know, I've worked really hard at getting better at drawing and at, at painting and, you know, all the skills and the things that I have now to whatever degree, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, the best at rendering realistically. And, and, and I've worked at it for years, you know, <laughs> and certainly much, much better than I used to be. Um, so something fascinating about rendering realistically to me is mm-hmm. I've met people who can render realistically and they're, they don't consider themselves creative or artistic at all, which is such a trip. Like I'm, I can go crazy with color and pattern. I think I'm very creative, but I cannot render anything that doesn't look like it went through some weird dream cycle. <laughs> uh, so that's fascinating, right? People who mm-hmm. can, that's, it's like, what, what is going on in our brains that allows us to. It is really interesting. And, and that's why I think like in a way to me, art is about intention and it's about your relationship with what you do, you know? And so it doesn't matter if you can tr- perfectly render a face, like it depends on the, your, the intention and the relationship you have with what you're doing, you know? Oh my God. The like truest <sighs> part of Marissa just like stood up and was like, <laughs> what she just said. Oh my gosh. That's so <laughs> profound to me because I will sit down and be like, what am I making? This isn't good. I have to go through all this junk mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of just starting with the intention. Mm-hmm. But and I just I, let I think- it, yeah, and just kind of let it be. And, I, and it's funny when you see people who are like, I'm not an artist, you know, trying to make something and you see where they're just getting hung up on that thing instead of really thinking about like just getting connecting directly with it you know like they're getting hung up on all these ideas in between themselves and what they're doing instead of just connecting with it and you can certainly see people who are not particularly good technically really connect I mean you know in the Mm -hmm. 90s outsider art was such a huge thing it was a huge revelation where people were like this is actually really good and these people you know they weren't, they didn't go to school, but they were directly connecting with what they were doing in a very real and profound way. And that's when we recognize that we're like, oh, you know, that looks like art to me because that energy is there and that connection. It's, yeah, I love that so much. Do you struggle with ego with your art anymore? Or are you so sort of in process that you can connect pretty quickly and Oh, no. Yeah, of course. I totally second guess myself. I actually tried to I was actually thinking about how I I actually sort of compartmentalize what I do. Um, I have like a planning, like a planning compartment, (laughs) you know, whether that's like writing down ideas or like going to the studio and being like, okay, I'm going to do that. Okay, I'm going to do that with that. And then I have the working, I have the painting, the, the touching the, you know, the, the more like, flowy part where I really try not to judge what I'm doing and I just kind of go for it and I and I try to just stay really I don't try to but I don't step outside I let myself do whatever honestly I've really been experimenting with like really letting myself do whatever I want to (laughs) do and like really not 
focusing on an end product and really not saying, well, my plan was this and I can't deviate from it. Being like, if I feel like deviating from it, I'm going to do it. And, 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 and then like, you know, and then there's another time when I come in and I look at everything and I evaluate it and I'm like, huh, well, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of working. And okay, maybe we'll like do this. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of break it up a little bit the way that I, that I do it just to have that freedom. Like I'm trying to create more space for what I really love to do, which is like, just be really free and play. And so, (laughs) you know, like like make sure that there's a room for that where I don't have to worry about the part of me that's going to edit and judge and evaluate. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's so much like writing. I mean, I do my outline Mm -hmm. and then I do a draft that I've, I stole this, but it's the bones draft and I'm not going to worry about makeup or tissue or muscle. I'm just going, I let myself just be free. And it's fascinating. I follow the deviations. I'm, I'm in the middle of writing a scene and I'm like, Oh, that per Okay. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Uh huh. I didn't see that coming. It wasn't in my outline, uh-huh. but this is what we're doing. And that's such a wonderful feeling. And then revision and editing is yeah, a totally different so it's mm-hmm. so interesting to me that it's such a similar process, but different materials. It's in, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just actually realized that I've been doing that. Um, and, and partly, like, I've built this whole process to incorporate these things that I really love, which are, like, surprising things happening. And, you know, following those, those paths that I didn't even realize were there or doing that thing that I hadn't thought about. And, and so... I, I try to like just really build in the the place for that. And um, and I also feel like the more interesting results ultimately come from those things, you know, like, like oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not trying to, I'm not going from like point A to point B in like a straight line. Like I, I, I don't, I could do that. You know, I most certainly could do that. And sometimes I do that, but mostly I, I, I think, well, it's much more interesting if we, have this idea and then just kind of go with it and see where we end up. Because often, I mean, nine times out of 10, I will end up somewhere that I didn't expect, but that's actually really great. (laughs) Yeah. So I really, I love that and I like to be surprised and it keeps me interested. And, and I, I feel like there's something really magical about that. And I feel like, well, if I feel like it's magical, then you'll feel like it's magical. And that's great for everybody, you know? So I, I really value that a lot. And that's so real. Uh, if I'm writing and I feel bored with the scene, I'm like, there is no way somebody's going to be reading right? this. But if I'm writing and I'm crying, <laughs> <laughs> then I'm hoping that someone reads it. They'll be crying too. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. I mean, my friend said this recently, and I I just haven't stopped thinking about it. She said, well, you know, it's no wonder that art takes so much energy to make because it gives so much energy back. It gives so much energy off. And I was like, whoa, yes. (laughs) That makes so much sense to me. So do you find after a day in the studio, you're both energized and sort of exhausted at the same time? Mostly I'm just exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like bizarrely like drained. I'll be like, oh my God. Yeah, no, because what I do is kind of physical too. And um, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I kind of, 
I do, I do get really spent. Like if I work for a long, I, I actually, you know, sometimes I'll only work for like four hours at a time and it depends, you know, I, I yeah. Have, and how is it being a mom and coming out of that creative space? Like how do you take care of yourself and, and then go be mom or whatever else you have to do? Or, right. or what do you do if you have a <laughs> night to yourself after a big creative session? Um, well, yeah, mostly if it's just me, I'll just kind of like rest and, you know, obviously during pandemic, not much to do, you know, so yep. <laughs> I take care of myself. <laughs> yeah. Try to make sure I, uh, you know, make dinner. Um, and with my son, yeah, I mean, mostly, you know, our socializing together involves like taking walks, uh, you know, making sure we get exercise and then cooking some good food together. That's kind of like. I love it what we do and maybe watching a tv show you know like pretty i mean it's whatever pretty simple do you ever do art together you know i used to when he was younger um sometimes we do actually yeah sometimes i'll i'll instigate a project and um he's you know he's 12 now he's kind of at that age where i think so funny our kids are the same yeah well (laughs) um I think you can feel a little intimidated doing art projects with me because I'm just like, you know, like whip, you know, like just like, and he's like, oh, you're so good at that. And and that must be kind of a bummer for him, actually. So. Yeah, I hear that. Mm. My son is so funny. We used to do so much art. And then when he sort of came into his own, mm-hmm. he's like, I want nothing to do with art. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so very creative in a very interesting way. He loves to design houses and spaces. So when we wow. walk around, I know, we'll we'll talk about, we'll see it. We have one house in particular in our neighborhood that we love to talk about that's kind of run down, but it's an amazing house in the 20s. And we love to talk about what we would do with it if it was ours, including like the grounds and like how he would. And it's mostly him. I mean, he can talk for like 45 minutes about this. And I'm like, wow, okay. sounds like maybe a future architect. Possibly so, yeah. Yeah, um, that's so cool. It is, it's interesting because he's he's a very much like a little bit of a different kind of creative than I am. So I kind of just let him do his thing. But he's he's got some got some interesting ideas. So yeah. So it sounds like you don't think everybody needs to be working with art supplies, no matter oh, what. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like you know. Yeah, I mean, I think if people just could live creatively, <laughs> it would yeah. be great, you know, like apply their creativity to how they live. And um, uh, no, I, I definitely don't. I feel like people, you know, I think that that's like another one of those ideas where people feel like they're lacking because they don't do that, you know. And I kind of, I guess I take more of sort of a holistic approach. I think that creativity can come in any aspect of your life where you're curious about something, you know? And so maybe it's in that process of of, uh, curiosity, um, of exploring things and allowing yourself sort of the space to do that. Yeah, I really like that curiosity. Mm -hmm. It's a good word. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's a good motivator, right? I mean, it It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And that intention, like, what, why am I? So I'm mm-hmm. just going to connect with whatever it is, my run, mm-hmm. my art supplies, yeah, and my I think garden. Just, like, letting yourself do that and feel good about it and feel like, like you're not missing out on anything, you know, because you're not doing a adult coloring book or whatever, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Like sometimes when I'm away from art supplies and I look at one of those adult coloring books, I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> not, I'm not interested in that at all. 
<laughs> I think they're, you know, they're fine, but like, you know. Me too. They just okay. doesn't track. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, okay. So before I ask our last question, can you tell us where we can find you? Yeah. Well, on Instagram, um, I'm at Susan Maddox Studio. And then, uh, and my website is uh, SusanMaddoxStudio.com. And I'm like playing it so cool because I freaking love your art and I'm total. (laughs) I didn't want to fangirl right away, but oh man, I'm just, I love it. I love that you're doing it. I love that you're posting about it and sharing your process. Thank you. I'm always like, I want to come play. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, you know, I love, I love to share because I think people need to see that, that, you know, like, I think it's interesting to see that what it's really like to make things, you know, because I, I feel like there's not a lot of transparency around that sometimes. And, you know, yeah, no, there's not. It's sort of <laughs> mysterious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I process. think that's changing. You know, I think that uh, people, not just their products, are becoming more interesting to everyone. You know, um, I'm kind of seeing more of that. And yeah, it's, it's really fun for me to share what I do. So, you know, I get Can a kick out of it. Yeah, we'd love it. And can you give us three, like three or four of your favorite contemporary artists that we might go look at just to expand our horizons a little bit? Oh, wow. Okay. And I actually was making a list of people who, contemporary artists. Okay, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Or any artists you think we should go look at. You're kind of killing me with this one. Um, Oh, we can do it later and I can put it in the show notes. Yeah, do you mind? Not at all. Yeah, because I, I look at a ton of art and I'm not really that great with names. So <laughs> no, I know I mean, I've been writing about Frank, Helen Frankenthaler and I'm like, what's her last name? <laughs> I do love her, of course, as you can imagine. <laughs> I'm reading. Um, I love her and reading about her, reading a new book about her. And oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, the fact that her name just slipped was so silly. I was like, fra, 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 fra. okay so what are your three tips for aging thoughtfully aging with intention and vibrancy no matter our budget well so i had an opportunity to consult with my mom a little bit about this love it (laughs) and my my mother is actually really my really my inspiration you know she has been Oh, I don't know. She's an organic farmer. She's a macrobiotic chef. She oh was my gosh. A, a ballet dancer. I mean, she and you know, she um really is pretty incredible. So I we talked about it a little bit and what's her name? Um Kathy Maddox. Hi Kathy Maddox. <laughs> probably listen to this. <laughs> you <Yeah>. sound incredible. <laughs> she lives in Hawaii, of course. And, what island um, did you guys Oh, on Oahu. Mm-hmm. okay yeah it's good it's a good place i can't wait to let's, get back there um let's hear what you and kathy came up well with. okay so they're not revolutionary but i think that they're the things you know like and of course because she's a chef and i and i'm a i'm a you know i love to cook and stuff too um eating healthy of course but not just healthy but mindfully about what you eat and again sort of intentionally and you know she would say food is medicine you know like it's not just what you eat you you are what you eat but it's also a way to heal yourself and to really like care for yourself and so um I think that that's very true and you know kind of obvious but a lot of people I guess don't really do that so 
Yeah. And I think that whole thing of like, yeah, of like cooking for yourself and like really being in touch with that is actually really, really valuable. Um, it's your body. You can take care of it. And like, yeah. also stay active, you know, again, something I've been struggling with because, you know, as you know, an ache happens, I want to just ignore it. And apparently ignoring it is like the worst thing to do. <laughs> like yeah. it just kind of gets worse. And so like, I think, especially as we get older, like, and I have to tell myself, like, don't, don't just stop. Don't just ignore it. Don't just stop doing that thing because it doesn't feel great. Like you need to like pay attention. So. And support it with maybe new stretching or new exactly. cool downs or exactly. whatever. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I hate to even think about it because then I'm like, well, that's just depressing. And I, I sort of like quickly become very cynical about the whole thing. You know, and I'm just like, I just don't want to know. Curiosity. <laughs> See, I put, I, that's what I do. I'm like, ooh, that stretch really makes my side feel better. Yeah. If I think about it as deterioration, I'm not happy. Exactly. <laughs> And I think the the other one, which, you know, everyone says, but like, I think, you know, do what makes you happy. And, and like, the thing is that I have realized recently a new twist on that, which is that this life is not just to be endured. And like, I don't, I think that a lot of my life, I did not realize that. And I, I endured a lot, you know, thinking like, well, I just have to do this. And I think it's more about making choices that support, um, support you at being true to yourself and and that we actually have much more power and agency to do that than we realize and so that is a real like takeaway from being 52 (laughs) I love that so much life is not just to be endured Mm -hmm. yeah exactly I mean that's yeah I mean this you get this you know this is a gift you get to explore what it means to be human and if you want to just endure it, you can certainly, but you know, I think that we can really do a lot of other things if that's more interesting, which I think it is. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I think it's the mindset and the magic and Absolutely. some good luck and some good timing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Susan, thank you so much for being here. This is such a joy. Thank you, Marissa. It was really fun talking with you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope it inspired you because we're all curious, right? If that word creativity is just a little too much to get our minds around, I think curiosity is is very bite-sized. So remember, let me know what you think of the name Age Thoughtfully. My email is mkennerson at gmail.com and I would love to hear what you think. Check out my website, agethoughtfully.com or follow me on Instagram at marissa.kennerson. You can DM me as well. Thanks so much for listening and I will see you next time.